0: Thank you for listening to the following film's podcast. Today, I'm joined by Rachel DeCruz and Jeremy S. Levine to talk about their film, The Panola Project. It's a documentary that highlights the heroic efforts of Dorothy Oliver, who vaccinated nearly 99% of her small town in Panola, Alabama, against COVID-19. The Panola Project chronicles how an often overlooked rural black community came together in creative ways to survive, it's an incredibly inspiring film, and I had a great time speaking with Rachel and Jeremy, so hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Hey, how are you today?
1: Good. good. How, you, how doing? Are you doing?
0: Good, good. Thank you both so much for taking the time to do this today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Of course. We're excited to chat with
0: you. Um, your film is rightfully getting a ton of recognition right now. Um, This is absolutely one of those of those rare movies that's inspiring and makes me feel like shit for not having done more with my life at the same time. (laughs) So thank you for inspiring me and making me feel horrible about myself at the same time.
2: You're
1: welcome. I think everyone fails in comparison to (laughs) Miss
0: Dorothy. Yeah, it's it's a pretty rough bar to uh, to hold yourself up to. So how did, how did you guys come across her? We're, we're, and thank you for sharing her story. And I understand why, but how did you come across her? So.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we honestly, we had just kind of read something about uh, this work that she was doing out of the convenience store that she was somehow was just this woman in a small town running a vaccination campaign that she was doing all by herself. And, uh, I don't know. We were just curious what to, to see what that would look like, right? Because, uh, you know, it's it, it's been a brutal past couple of years, and and we just we were sick of kind of sitting around and just looking at our phones in despair and looking at each other in despair, <laughs> and so we're like, "What? There's going to be something out there that's not full of despair." And uh, and yeah, because we we read about her, we just drove out uh, we couldn't find a working phone number. So yeah, we, we hopped in the car, drove 90 minutes and just had such an amazing conversation with her. I mean, she's just so warm and incredible and welcoming, just like she appears in the film. And, and yeah, right from the beginning we're, we were pretty convinced this was a film that we had to make.
0: And how much convincing did it take on your end to get her to do the film?
1: shockingly not that much she was like the level of um immediate kind of like trust and she was just so open with us when we kind of from that first touch point very much like you see her do in the film um but she was very just friendly and willing to kind of listen to what we had to say she was really excited to talk about her work and the work that's happening kind of across panola and so it didn't take much convincing at all. I will say when she said yes, I'm not sure if she like fully understood like what what it was going to entail. But um, but even kind of when we got to those points where we were kind of actually filming with her and following her work, she was she was really excited and very much rolled up her sleeves and helped us like get the film done too. She was really committed to making sure that we were able to get what we needed to kind of put this film out into the world. So that Yeah, was yeah super she's helpful. like
2: like the best producer, right? Like you just the way that you see her. Like you can't say no to Miss Dorothy if she calls and she's she comes around and she's like you're gonna get a shot you're gonna get a shot and same like if if you need some to convince somebody to go like set something up for your film she she makes that happen too
0: to call her tenacious from what I see in the film would be an understatement I mean her just willingness to keep looping back around to people and to follow up for each individual person and the amount of love that she has in her heart. It's just infectious. And it's just, uh, I could imagine that I, I wouldn't want that person calling me every day. I would just do whatever she asked probably right away, but by like the third time, my God, there's nothing she couldn't get done. And you're shooting in this middle of a pandemic, but the community ended up with was it 97% vaccinated or something insane like that? Is that accurate? Am I right on that?
2: We think it's we think we're now up to 99% of adults. Um there's like a handful of holdouts uh, that she of course is still calling. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's i mean that has to be one of the safest places it's safest place in america for sure if not the world i mean as far as a vaccination <laughs> rate right, right now because of the actions of one woman that's a, a, such an incredible story and is there anything that you've taken on from this project that has in, inspired you or changed you in any way just from spending time with somebody like this
1: yeah i <laughs> Like everything. I feel like we've just learned so much from her, getting to watch her talk with the, the way she approached those conversations with her neighbors, just from this place of deep love, deep care and like pushing, but also making space for them to share their questions, for them to share their hesitations, right? She didn't come in in a way that was judgmental or in a way that was like, I'm better because I got my shot. You need to go get your shot now. It was, she, like, she met people where they were at and because of the, like, the approach she took, she was able to move people. So I think it taught both of us a lot around how do we, like, how do we activate people for change and what are the, what are the good ways to have those conversations? Um, And, you know, what we see happening on social media isn't doesn't really work, <laughs> and so here's a model of something that does. So that was something that really stood out to me throughout
0: the film. Well, to speak for myself, I, I consider myself to be a well-meaning liberal. Um, we can be assholes. We can be the absolute worst <laughs> in the way that we that we assume everyone needs to catch up and not giving people room and and just not like you said, meeting people where they are. And it's just it, that's the, been such a huge takeaway. For me, it's that people have different sets of information they're looking at and making assumptions about how they arrived at it. It's not helping anyone. And so I I don't want to continue to be a part of the problem anymore, if that makes sense.
2: Totally. I mean, I I 100%, you know, I think when... Trump got elected. I was like, I'm gonna go on like Twitter and Facebook. I'm gonna let go people, and like <laughs> I'm I'm part of the change I want to see. <laughs> that, that went really well. I did I did a lot of a lot of good in the world. Um, and, and then and then just to see somebody like like Dorothy show up and approach things so differently, right? Showing up with. It's so clear that she loves and cares the the folks in her community. And so when they're having these tough conversations, it is unlike kind of anything I've I've experienced where people disagree. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, what we focus on in the film and mostly what we saw, well, what we filmed um, was people who just had some questions or were scared. And it, it, right, like it didn't actually take that much convincing. Um, there were more kind of structural barriers, right? Like how do I get 40 miles away to the closest hospital and these are backcountry roads and I don't have a car, right? Like that's a real problem that's preventing somebody from getting the vaccine. Um, there, there was though, I mean, there was really just like one gentleman we were filming with who was kind of more down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole and even in that conversation, right, where they're, like, clearly so, right, they're coming at this from such different perspectives, there was still just kind of this amazing sense of, like, they were joking with each other. Uh, you know, he was like, well, I don't know. You guys are going to, like, turn into zombies after you got your shot in a few weeks. And maybe if you don't, we'll, we'll talk again. And, and I don't know. There was just, like, it was just unlike any sort of, like, heated yeah. very different conversation that i had seen and and i mean we finished the film uh and wanted to get it out quickly we we finished it in 3 months uh at that point this wow. gentleman still hadn't gotten a shot um but but he now has cuz cuz dorothy and miss jackson never never stopped
0: that's amazing <laughs>
1: Like at the end of that conversation too, when we were there, they ended it by all saying like, I love you. You know, it was just like, like, so even in like a conversation where they weren't on the same page, it was like, they still came back to that, um, shared care for each other.
0: Man. I think that's, that's something that we could all use as punctuation right now, instead of dunking, maybe we could just end with, I love you. We might be in a better world at that point. I think. So um, how has the response been from Sundance from you're having this really wide exposure at this point? I mean, as far as there's more avenues now for short form documentaries than there's ever been before, which is wonderful. Um, You know, there's just basically been film nerds and journalists were the only people who would ever see short form (laughs) documentaries. And it's such a, a, it's one of my favorite forms Mm -hmm. of film where it's just, you can have these appropriate, length stories and get through them very quickly and have powerful, you can have a very short story that has a ton of impact. And I love that about it, but you're going to probably, I assume, reach a much wider audience with this. Is there plans for distribution past Sundance at this point?
1: Yeah. So we actually, we partnered with the New Yorker to release the film in August. So it's still a bit, it will still be available on their website post festival, but we are certainly getting kind of a whole host of press opportunities and another kind of, Um, just kind of another chance to be able to elevate Dorothy's story through Sundance for sure. And through that, we actually made a connection with Oxfam and we're going to be working with them on developing an impact campaign so that we can Share Dorothy's story, celebrate Dorothy, elevate her work and the work of kind of black women across the country that are holding things down, but then also think about like how do we link that to really concrete policy asks that will help ensure that communities like Panola don't get left behind as we move forward.
0: What would some of those asks be that you would look for as far as policy changes at this point? today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. So last week when I went into Bookman's, I didn't really have anything in mind. There was no specific agenda of anything I wanted to see. I just knew that I wanted to check out something familiar, something that I you know maybe hadn't seen in a little while. And so behind the counter, they actually had a copy of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think it was the 35th anniversary edition. It's probably 45 years old at this point. It's got to be Close to that, um, if not fifty. But however old it is, and so I had realized I hadn't seen this film since I was in eighth grade without a theater. I've seen it several times um, since then with an audience, but I remember seeing it uh, when it first came out on home video, when it first came out on VHS. But I don't think I would seen that, seen it since then. So I thought, well, hell, this would be a great opportunity to revisit the film, and. One of the first things that got me about this, it was all the special features that were on this specific edition of it, where you could watch the film with this original black and white opening. And so the entire opening of the film, if you're familiar with it, is black and white now until they do the time warp. That's when it has the uh, Dorothy going into Oz kind of thing. And that's where the color comes into the film. And it really hammered home this idea, something that I knew was there, right away, but it just, I guess in all the times I've seen the film, it never really sunk in how much this is a play on the 1950s um, Steve Rogers films and that that kind of thing. And it was just this really fun experience to revisit this film in this way, something that I hadn't seen this way. Uh, I've only, I got used to seeing it with an audience and having all those gag lines and, you know, watching it actually stand up on its own and having this really interesting bizarre weird fun sex positive for a film made in the 1970s movie that you wouldn't expect filled with great performances and really good songs so I had an absolute blast watching it and that's all because I went down to Bookman's and um, another thing that they never had me mention in the ad copy but I think it is something that I do want to point out is that Generally speaking, I don't go into public a lot and Bookman's is one of the few stores that I go into and I feel really comfortable um, taking my kids with right now where there's always somebody at the front door counting people as they come in to make sure it's not too uh, packed, keeping things socially distanced Um, when you check out, everything's marked for you to stand and they have um, glass dividers for the employees there. So you can tell that safety is an absolute priority for them. And it just is nice to feel safe when you go into a store. Um, not, not, not everywhere is like that. So it, it is just a comforting thing. And not only does Bookman, have, Bookman's have your cool covered. They also have your safety covered in this regard. So, um, make sure you go check them out, support Bookman's because there's going to be something interesting that you'll find there. And now back to the show.
2: So, I mean, one of the things that would obviously make a huge difference in talking about, like, how do we bring resources to uh, communities, to people? How do we tackle inequities? Because ultimately, right, this is a film about this amazing woman. It's a film about the pandemic. It's a film about community. And it's also a film about the way that that so many communities, uh, rural communities, and especially rural Black communities have been left behind. And so how do we get resources, right? There are places... In Alabama, that are mostly rural black uh, communities that don't have like proper uh, sanitation, right? And so there's this huge opportunity right now where there's money coming from the infrastructure bill, and and like how do we make sure that that money gets to the communities that are most in need of that? Um, and and you know, passing something like Build Back Better would go such a huge way to um, to being able to to. Close some of these inequity gaps. And, and so there's there's specific like policy uh, work that we're hoping that the through Oxfam, they can help use the film to draw attention to, to why we need to make some of these changes. And it's interesting too, uh, you know, as we've been going into it, rural communities is like this weird thing that they've been wildly left behind, but like politically, it's a thing that even kind of Republicans can be like, oh, I, I, I support that too. So there, there might be a way to help, um, you know, either rebuild some fire for some of these these policies or, or just kind of at least keep advocating for why it's so crucial that we pass things like this.
0: Oh, absolutely. And there's one element of what this film is about to me that I think is really important um, that I love the way you end this. And it's about to me, it's the it's joy in the face of adversity, is really what this is about. It's about this is a very hopeful film about really trying difficult times. And it's about what you do with a really shitty situation. And I you see the way that this is being handled. And I look at myself and my surroundings and my access to things and you know the the life that I leave and I I you have to give room for yourself to feel sad and to go through things and be honest with your emotions but at the end of the day you also need to get over yourself sometimes and be willing to just move on and understand that you have the ability to make a greater impact in the world and you I feel very fortunate and so I I just know that due to that fortune I need to I have a level of responsibility that I don't know that I've been owning up to and I, and I just yeah I th- Thank you for that reminder. It's, it's a nice gentle nudge in that way. And it's not, it's the type of nudge that we all need, which is through kindness and not through being lectured. Um, Cause I've done enough lecturing in my life. It's time for me to stop doing that. I don't appreciate it when it's done to me. So thank you for the reminder. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> yeah. We were so glad being able to end the film in the way we did just was so special for both of us I feel like as soon as there was that interaction during vaccine day where Dorothy mentioned that he danced we were like oh my god we have to we have to get that on film (laughs) and so we were so excited when he agreed to be filmed and then we had to nudge Dorothy a little bit to kind of get in there with him to do (laughs) the little numbers you saw of them together but um, that ended up being a really sweet moment as well so it was that was one of the highlights for sure of our time down in Alabama for me.
2: Yeah, we he, he I think it was the highlight of last year. It was so good. I mean, th- this he he had a um, family member kind of play a specific song he wanted to dance to. It's not the song we that that we hear in the end credit music, but um, it I, I can't remember what it was. It had the longest intro, and we hadn't seen this man dance yet, and we're <laughs> shooting in slow motion, and you know it's burning cards, and he's like. <laughs> barely moving like he's an old guy right and so I don't know every once in a while there's kind of like a little like shift and I'm like is that the dancing and then all of a sudden like finally two minutes later the beat drops and he's like on fire and he's like yeah it was just such a moment of pure joy for us uh, oh, it, obviously
0: it, for him it's a delight to watch it's it's one of those things that it's dancing and singing are probably the two things that I love watching in person more than anything in the world that would terrify me more than anything in the world to be asked to do in front of anybody. <laughs> I, can't, I can't sing at a wick, but I would rather do that than dance in front of anybody. My th- No, that, that would never happen. And to see people do that. It's just, there's something really yeah. beautiful about it. Yeah. But <laughs> so uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, i sorry.
2: Karaoke is my deepest fear, so I, I really.
0: <laughs> Legitimate. Yeah. Hey, okay. a scary thing, yeah. Well, I think my version of karaoke should be your greatest fear. You never <laughs> want to hear that. So, but thank you both so much for taking the time to do this. And thank you for making this wonderful film. It's truly um, an inspiration. And I, I was wonderfully surprised. Uh, you know how these festivals go. Um, there's a lot of things that you witness over the course of nine days that and not a lot of it's feel good. Not of a lot of it leaves you with any hope. So, this was absolutely the sorbet, the palate cleanser that I needed this week. So, thank you for that. Cool. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Good luck, guys. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>